welcome everyone. We're absolutely delighted to have Helen Paradin on the Inner Origin Ultimate Wellness Podcast today. She's an incredible human being. She's also a brand ambassador for Inner Origin. Helen is a naturopath, nutritionalist, and herbalist. She's absolutely dedicated her career to the wellness of others. And what I love about Helen is she's gone beyond that science now into really working with nature and consciousness as well. So we're going to address all of that. Helen's probably one of the kindest people I've ever met. Um, she absolutely dedicates herself to the lives of others. And I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about that today. So Helen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Sally-Ann. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. And we're so excited to have you as a brand ambassador. I mean, you have just been the most incredible leader in the wellness industry for such a long time. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to be able to come on board and be able to help make um, what Inner Origin is offering more available. And, you know, that uh, transparency and access to things that are low tox and going to help people live better, healthier lives. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, fantastic. And so tell us what originally took you down the path of being a naturopath, nutritionist, herbalist? What was the trigger that made you decide to take this career path? Uh, I think it was a little combination of factors, really. Um, one was my own health growing up. Um, due to, thankfully, modern medicine effectively saving my life because I did try to come into the world three months too early. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, managed to prevent that through medication and um, interventions. However, that obviously had side effects as well. So growing up, my immune system wasn't great. Um, from, you know, six months old and onwards, I had things like eczema, asthma, allergies, um, regular tonsillitis in childhood. In uh, my teenage years, I would get bronchitis each year. I had pneumonia in year nine, shingles in year 11. Um, I had depression, not diagnosed, but um, pretty notable depression for quite a few years through my teens and early 20s. Mm. Um, I had extraordinarily painful periods, heavy bleeding in my teens and early 20s. Again, at that time, this was something that I felt shame about, so I didn't actually talk about it to others. I kept that all to myself. Yeah. Um, I, in hindsight, I, I would take a guess that I had endometriosis. Um, I had PCOS diagnosed when I was 21. So there was just this whole raft of things. And, and the first thing actually I remember being taken to the doctor for as a child was uh, constipation. So there's been a long history of gut stuff for me as well. And as many people now know, you know, the gut is really the seat of everything that goes mm -hmm. on in the body or a lot of things anyway. Yeah. And um, most of our immune system is in the lining of the gut wall as well. So it's no wonder I had those gut issues as well as all that immune stuff going on. So that was part of it. I guess that set the foundation. And then for whatever reason, um, I was quite inquisitive about healthy living, I guess. Not that I was trying to be healthy, but I did like being active. I liked hiking and swimming and camping and climbing and all of those kinds of things. I guess in some ways it started as a bit of a journey to heal yourself. It did, but not consciously. I didn't, I, because that was my normal, right? And that's where I think a lot of people are these days. And I 
talk about this with a lot of teenagers for whom that is currently their normal as well. And when you have grown up like that, you don't know that you can feel any different. So yeah. for me, I didn't aspire to feel better because I thought that was normal. And it wasn't until I started to feel better that I realized, oh my goodness, I can't believe I felt like that and put up with feeling like that for so long and I didn't have to. Yeah, it, it is sad. I often uh, say the same thing. I feel there's so many people out there in the world today that have never woken up feeling vital, like feeling that ultimate vitality, springing out of bed, feeling well. And I feel like it's our birthright to feel well. A hundred percent agree with all of that. Mm. Yeah, so that's a big passion of mine and it really breaks my heart when I do see children and teenagers who evidently are not feeling well but don't actually know it because I just want to go, oh, there's so much more to life than this and you can get so much more joy and pleasure and fulfilment out of life than this. So, you know, don't, I don't want them to settle for that. I want to be able to help wake them up to what's possible. What do you think is one of the biggest things for people? Do you think that, um, I guess, that commitment to curiosity is important for people in, in their own wellness journey? Yeah, I think curiosity is such an important trait, such an important word. And uh, so I really, really encourage fostering that curiosity and also a sense of adventure and joy to bring into these things because we can get far too serious about health and wellness and I don't think that's healthy either. And understandably so, like when people are suffering chronic conditions, it can be really weighted, it can get you down. Um, so it's really important to bring that sense of adventure in so that we and curiosity so that we can just go in and explore. And it's not about getting it all right immediately. It's about just taking one step and then taking the next step. And you don't need to see the whole path mapped out in front of you. But the beauty is by taking a step in that right direction don't really like the words right or wrong but yeah. for lack of a better word at the moment if you're taking a step in that forward direction then you start to feel a, a lift in your energy or in your mood and in your thoughts and when that starts to happen it requires less and less motivation because you've got inspiration at that point. And when you have inspiration, that gives you energy. So motivation takes discipline, it takes effort, um, it takes energy. But if we can do something that affects a change that we can experience, mm. that provides that inspiration. And then we've got the energy we need to go forward. I love that inspired action. Yes. Sure, it does just keep delivering energy, doesn't it, yeah. when you're in that place of inspiration? Absolutely. I mean, like 25 years later, I feel so much better now than I did in my teens. Mm. So I don't prescribe to the whole, oh, I'm getting older, I've just got to put up with all these yeah. pains and dysfunctions and all of that kind of stuff. I just, I really ugh, don't like that. <laughs> can't believe how healthy and well and vibrant you look after all of those things you went through in your early teenage years and into your 20s. It's just <laughs> And so tell me, in clinical practice, I mean, obviously you've been in that for a number of years. Mm. What sort of percentage of people do you see that come in and don't commit to the path to get themselves better? Very small, I have to say. Like, I'm really fortunate in that it's probably a combination of factors. You know, I've been doing this for 
clinical practice for 18 years now, going mm -hmm. almost 19 years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't feel old enough to say that, but apparently I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, early, early on in the piece when I was a bit more green with the whole process, there probably, I would have had a lot more people who weren't ready or I wasn't able to connect with in mm -hmm. an effective manner to be able to facilitate change. But for me, I mean, that's one of the things that I love about clinical practice and why I do take so long with an initial appointment. You know, over the years, I've thought of how are ways that I can streamline this to make an initial appointment shorter and see more people and all this kind of stuff. But actually, then I think you just miss out on so much gold. It's about making the connections and seeing why change is actually important for that person, not just mm. on a logical, reasonable level, mm. but more on an emotional and even spiritual level. Because really when it comes down to it, we're emotional beings. And if we don't have an emotional reason to create some change, it's not going to happen, even mm. if we know that we should. Mm. Yeah. So mm. it's that whole thing, you know, a, beautiful friend of mine, a lot of our um, listeners will know Dr. Libby. She often says, you know, why do we do what we do when we know what we know? It's not about the mindset of it. It's about what's going on at a deeper emotional level. So I think if you take the time to connect with that, mm. change is inevitable then. Yeah, you know, wow. If you're not willing to stay where you are. That's amazing. Well, that's why you're best of the best because it's more than just that superficial um, view of a patient. You're really looking at that holistic angle. How? Yeah, that, that's what I love about the process as well. You know, if we get down to the nuts and bolts of it, the mm. physical stuff is all great. You know, the food is important. The products we use, we are are so important mm. um, what we have around us is so important, but in the end, what, bringing awareness to all of those physical things does is open up awareness to our inner workings mm. and, um, and nature as well. And that's where the magic happens. How much do you think clean eating um, assists in uh, people being able to connect better to their intuition or um, go take a journey of consciousness, so to speak, um, yeah. and be more connected to that? Do you think there's any relationship there? Oh, absolutely. Um, without doubt. And, you know, again, over the last 18 or so years, the power of food never ceases to amaze me. You know, I never get bored of seeing the impact of it. Mm. Food, and for many reasons. Um, but when we are eating clean, let's say, uh, we're giving our body, there's two things going on. So we're nourishing and we're cleansing. That's what Good nutrition comes down to really mm. so on the nourishing side of things if we're using good nutrient dense foods then we're going to be supplying all the building blocks we need for all the functions in our body to occur so everything from our cells to our um, hormones to our neurotransmitters to our proteins our structural um, function everything requires building blocks that are found in food that's what we need to create all of those things mm. so if we're not putting that stuff in how are we going to create it if we're not consuming the nutrients we need to make good neurotransmitters how are we going to think and feel well mm. yeah mm. so 
providing the nourishment and the nutrition for each of those things is absolutely essential. We cannot expect to function well if we don't have those things. Secondly, the other thing that food really helps to facilitate is detox or cleansing. Mm -hmm. okay? This is as important as putting the good stuff in. We can't just keep piling stuff in. We also need to be able to eliminate, which is a huge problem for a lot of people these days. And more so because we're bombarded with so many more chemicals and toxins and artificial colorings, flavorings, preservatives, um, fake foods, environmental toxins, fragrances, all of these kinds of things. We're bombarded with them more so than ever before in human history. And so we need to be able to support our body to eliminate those things because if we're accumulating that stuff, those mm. things interfere with our immune system, with our hormones, with our neurotransmitters, with cellular function. Mm. So again, it's like putting a fork in a wheel or um, bad reception on a TV or something like that. Good analogy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Things can't work if there's that stuff in the way. So we need to eat in a way that clears that out and provides the nutrients to build the, um, to build the cells, hormones, neurotransmitters, etc. Yeah, amazing. Now, I was fortunate to hear you speak um, about a month or two ago, and I'm probably going to get this a bit wrong, but I... You were saying that basically we are bacteria. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us a bit about that? We're, we're bug puppets. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the microbiome is certainly a hot topic in the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, and rightly so, because the impact of microbes on our lives is massive like you, there's nothing there's nothing greater um so if we look at the numbers game for example yeah. we are outnumbered 10 to 1 by microbes so for every human cell we have in our body we have 10 microbial cells in and on our body so from That's that perspective yeah, from that perspective alone, we are more bug than human. However, the plot thickens. <laughs> Take us there. That's right. So if you consider, you know, we think as humans that we're quite, you know, advanced up in the hierarchy animals, right? But genetically, we're actually super simple. Genetically, we're simpler, far simpler than earthworms and corn, for example. Um, but we are also far simpler than bacteria. So bacteria have about a hundred times the DNA that humans have. Really? Wow. So if you look at our genetic makeup and what we're seeing now through research as well is that epigenetics, so the things that affect our genes, is far more powerful in terms of our health outcomes than mm. genetics alone. And genes from microbes interact with our human genes and that is what facilitates all these different functions of health and disease to unfold in our body so the type of bacteria we have and their dna has huge impact on our health and our health outcomes so um, yeah it cannot be emphasized enough how important it is to have good bugs in you and on you mm. and around you. We really need to befriend our bugs. You know, often bugs get, so when I'm talking bugs and microbes, we're talking bacteria, yeast, parasites, viruses, the whole kit and caboodle. It's not mm -hmm. just bacteria. 
and we often um, have this negative perception of microbes in that they cause disease, but really the number of disease causing microbes out of all the microbes that we know of to this point is about 0.1 to 1% of all the microbes. All the rest wow. of them, all the rest of them are symbiotic or commensal. They're ones that we live with. So any given human has about a thousand microbes living in them and on them. A thousand, sorry, different kinds of microbes living in them and on them. Amazing. And so how, uh, with that in mind, that's obviously why you're so passionate about gut health um, and detoxification, but let's just go to the gut health. How important then are pre and probiotics for people? Hugely important because if we look at that microbiome and all of those trillions of microbes that we're playing host to, most of them actually live in the gut. That's the greatest concentration of them is in the large intestine. So not only that, but also in the large intestine, we have most of our um, immune system. So in the gut, we have what's called, um, it's called GOLT, gut-associated lymphoid tissue. And that is 80% of our immune system right there because it is one of the entry points into our body, basically. Mm. You know, people often think about the gut as being on the inside of the body, but really it's the hole in the donut. It's still the outside. And that's why we have so much immune defenses in there because it's an access point for the rest of the body. So we've got 80% of the immune system there and how that immune system responds to different potential pathogens, allergens, toxicants is dependent on what kind of microbes are in the gut. So mm -hmm. if we've got an imbalance of good guys and opportunistic guys in the gut, mm -hmm. then we can end up with asthma or allergies or autoimmune illnesses, chronic inflammatory conditions, all sorts of things. And it's really important when we look at the state of mental health these days as well, because I mentioned before, we've got most of the immune system in the lining of the gut wall, but we in fact have more immune cells in our brain than we do have brain cells. Really? I never would have known that. For a little while. Yeah. More immune cells wow. here than you have brain cells. They're called microglia. And when we get immune activation in the gut, it activates the immune cells in the brain as well. And when those immune cells get activated in the brain, it's like an um, inflammatory or excitotoxic kind of response. Mm. It excites the neurons too much. And as a result, we can get anxiety or depression or brain fog mm. and um, there, there's a spectrum. It can get worse. It, it's even um, autism spectrum disorders and MS and things like that are tied into what's going on with um, microbial activation of the immune system that affects inflammatory processes in the brain. Absolutely incredible. Such amazing information um, for people to hear. And I think, you know, because people just go through their day and yes, you know, everyone tries to eat well, be well, be less stressed, you know, all the things that might activate that. But to really understand your body in that way and just how vital our gut health is. Um, yeah. and, and there's just, you wish this was taught in schools. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, it, it's kind of crazy that it's not, that we have these, 
suits to walk around in life in, but yeah. no manual to go with it. Yeah, it's so true. Absolutely. We're either walking blindly or we're trying to figure it out along the way as we go. But if we just had some of these fundamental basics mm. in terms of our knowledge as we're growing up, it would be a game changer. And it is something that is really empowering because then you can make the decision yourself. Then you've got choice. And if you don't have the knowledge, you don't have choice. Uh, I, that I, I so concur with. That's exactly why Inner Origin is here. Um, I fully believe in people being empowered and that's why we offer that transparency. It's not about dictating to say, hey, you should have this, you should have that. It's about, you know what, when you shop on here, every ingredient is listed on the label, country of origin of ingredients. It's about empowerment and yes. choice. You know, people are responsible for their own decisions and actions, but to have their, the, all the information so you can make the choices you want is what I believe full empowerment is as well. Yeah. So talk to us. I know you're very passionate about the outdoors and, uh, you know, you were actually just away on a hike. That's right. Yeah. Which was quite crazy considering the current weather situation in Australia. It's ice oh, in one and fire in another. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a huge passion for me and that's one of my joys. Um, and as I speak to each of the patients who I work with mm. about, one of the most important things in life is really being connected to your joys because they're the things that fill our cup and give us uh, inspiration and also give us just pure joy and some purpose as well. Mm. If we don't have something in our life that is really giving us joy, then my own theory, which has not been double blind, placebo, control, trial, test. Right now it's great. Yeah, is that our physiology essentially shuts down and we know that things like mood affect immune function and inflammation levels. So, and, and vice versa for that matter. But if we're not carrying out things that really light us up and give us joy, we're likely to get sick. And that would be the most common thing that I have seen over the last 18 to 19 years is the more chronically ill or seriously ill someone is, the less of an idea that they have of what gives them joy that is independent mm -hmm. of any other human. So you can't say your mm -hmm. husband, your wife, your child, yeah. So your pet either because, you know, a lot of people almost consider them human and I... I do. <laughs> I get that. But you need a joy outside your pets. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. So for me, one of my primary joys is being out in nature in varying different ways. Hiking is a massive one for me. I just love having everything I need on my back and being able to walk for K's on end and set up camp and just everything that you do is simple, mm -hmm. you know, it's simplified and it comes down to being really connected with the environment that you're in and the people who you're sharing that experience with as well, because I was talking about this the other day, with someone you know when they're asking why do you do this <laughs> and for me when you go out into an environment like that with a small group of people you really working together as an organism because mm -hmm. everybody's um, safety and comfort and health affects everybody else's experience and survival when you're out in the wild and so you end up making all of your decisions together 
So which direction we're going in, where we're setting up camp, what time, where are we stopping for lunch? What are you wearing today? Not because I want to look good, but because I need to function and not get too cold, not get hypothermia, not get too sweaty so that when I stop, I freeze. You know, all of those kinds of things come into play and you just end up making every decision together, which is really beautiful. So you're really connected to who you're with and you're really susceptible and vulnerable to your environment Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's actually a really beautiful thing so you know when I was a teenager considering what to do for my career path being a park ranger was actually one of the options really was it (laughs) you make a great park ranger (laughs) (laughs) thanks yeah well I heard though I'd most likely be cleaning toilets and building fences that (laughs) really wasn't what I was after so I decided to look elsewhere and then Fortunately, I came across naturopathy and I thought, ah, that's awesome because I always had a caring nature growing up and the greeny side of me as well. And so, yeah, naturopathy really nicely blended those two worlds. Which still focuses you on the toilet actually by default with people. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yes, that is something that... um, Pete Evans actually highlighted to me last year when we were having a chat, you're still talking toilets. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, well, you've come round circle, you're yeah, still there. Right. Can't get away from it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd just love to ask you um, one more thing, and I think it's because it, a lot of people don't speak about it, but I know it's important to you, and I think more people who talk about it encourages others to feel open in that way. Um, your consciousness is important to you and that soul journey. How do you implement practices in your life to honour that and, you know, expand that every single day and and make that a part of your life journey or your life journey? Yeah, I just get tingles thinking about it. That's, for me, the most important part of life, really. Um, And as we've had in a discussion before this uh, chat, the physical things that we work with are really, for me, just tools to bring more consciousness to the inner world. And uh, that for me is the greatest adventure of all. And it does require a huge um, case of curiosity Mm. and uh, willingness to be courageous as well. Because I think, I know we all carry a lot of shame with us. We all carry Mm. a lot of guilt. We all have these masks on that... um, are there for protection because of things that occurred to us when we were young and our safety and security was at risk. And so we come up with these patterns and behaviours to protect ourselves. Unfortunately, those patterns and behaviours tend to keep on playing like a broken record, even though that original reason for it is no longer present. And it affects us in our life in ways that we have no idea about until we start becoming aware of it. Mm. And when you start becoming aware of it, you can start to break those records, break those patterns. Mm. And that is really exciting. It can be scary at first. It take, As I said, it takes some courage to go into those shadow aspects of the, ourselves, the aspects of ourselves that we um, kind of shy away or cringe away from actually going into but from my experience and from everybody I know who does the work those shadows are the places that give us the most liberation the most light the biggest laughs you will ever have the most joy the most light it is just 
it starts to become fun to go to the scary places. Yeah. It's full acceptance, <laughs> okay. isn't it? Yeah, and then you can embrace all of yourself mm. because if you don't do that, you're always shutting part of yourself down. Mm. And that, for me, is not a fun way to live. And, and it's not healthy, is it? It's not healthy. And particularly in hindsight, like when you're in it, again, if you've grown up with not being physically well, you don't know any different and that's your mm. normal. But when you come through that, likewise with this, when you come through the shadows and you realise what you were living in all that time and what you put up with and what you did to yourself, well, you know, all the things that mm. we do to ourselves that stop us from actually being who we are and doing what we really desire and want and long for in this mm. world. Like you just go, oh, thank God I'm not doing that anymore. You know, this is so much better. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. And you mentioned awareness, which um, is a really big thing because I often uh, talk about, you know, there's times in our life that we live in hindsight. It's like the awareness comes after the fact. What tools do you have in place to bring the awareness to real time? Yeah. So there's a few tools like... Um, I, I highly recommend getting a good, finding a good teacher or guide mm -hmm. because humans have been doing this forever. <laughs> so there's no point trying to figure it all out on your own. Right. As the first time anybody's ever done this because it ain't. Right? Uh -huh. So get someone to help you guide you through that. So for me, I have an absolutely divine, beautiful meditation teacher who I've worked for for the last 15 odd years. And I see her every three weeks and we have an hour and a half together and that helps me to really deep dive into what it wherever I am at the time whether I've got issues or feeling really good you know mm -hmm. amazing there's always there's always more of yourself to get to know mm -hmm. so that is a big commitment for me is doing that and then um other things for me is having that time in nature to slow down. And that's a big lesson for me because like everybody else, I can get far too busy. And when we get busy, we don't take the time to just quieten our minds and settle in and listen to ourselves, our mm -hmm. intuition, for example. And it's been mm -hmm. a big lesson for me and it comes in waves, you know. So if we don't listen to the messages that we get we're going to always be making decisions from up here which aren't always the best way to make mm. them i mean how many times have you had a gut feeling about something and ignored, ignored it, it and then <laughs> to regret it you know i know i've done that and it's building that trust in your own voice and to do that you need to have quiet time. It's mm. one of the most important things is quiet time. If you don't have quiet time, it's like you've got your fingers in your ears going, la, 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 you know, too busy, just got to keep on getting stuff done. So quiet time would be number one, closely followed by play um, because I think particularly as adults, we don't have enough play in our lives. Everything is too structured, um, too goal-oriented, I thought a couple of years ago that some of the activity I was doing was classified as play until I realized actually I've got goals yeah. included in that. So that is no longer play. I was like, okay, I need to start that again, you know? So you just need to have some unbound play. Um, and one of my favorite quotes is, 
you know, we don't stop playing because we grow older. We grow older because we stop playing. And play is so oh, that important. Is so true. Yeah. It connects us to ourselves, to other people. If we're in nature, it can connect us to nature. It brings joy. It brings laughter. It brings lightness so that we don't have to be so weighted all the time. So quiet time and play would be two really important ways. So for me, it's the meditation. It's going to the beach, having a swim. It's being out in nature. It's going hiking. Um, and of course, practices like choosing foods that nourish me. You know, I don't really think about that these days for many years because it's, you know, it's second nature. But if I rewind, then that is a way of bringing in that care and nourishment is by um, making that choice to support yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And all of those things combine to help bring awareness um, real time, as I say, it's you know, like you're viewing yourself and you can catch yourself in the moment and yeah. correct an action or say, you know, oh no, that's not right. Or take a minute and let this be in my right. I think taking a minute or having a pause, taking a breath, those, they're some of the simplest ways that when you're in a moment, you know, if something happens and you find you're fired up or you're about to react in a way, just Take a moment, take a few belly breaths and make sure you exhale as well. <laughs> just bringing that consciousness to your breath and slowing things down. You know, you don't have to have a comeback or a reply or a response immediately. Mm. You can take your time and feel what is, what's actually true for you in that moment. And mm -hmm. then practice will help bring the courage to do that more and more and more. Because initially that can be really scary to do, to act in accordance to your own alignment, because it can be scary that if you do that, what if I get rejected or what if I'm not lovable or what if that deems me not worthy? You know, these are the things that tend to come up for us, which um, result in us sabotaging ourselves. But if we can just slow down, connect with our breath, connect with ourselves, have the courage to say what's true for us. It's a game changer. Yeah. It, takes it takes practice. It's not something to be perfect at straight away. It does. Well, you are just amazing. You are absolutely one of the most beautiful humans. You, you know, you give so much to everyone. I know you run amazing retreats around the country. You've done incredible work with, you know, Indigenous um, here in Australia. And I know you do a lot of work overseas. Actually, Helen has a retreat um, coming up in Byron Bay at the end of February. So if you're not already following her on social media, do that because I'm sure she will let you know um, through that channel. And we will here within our origin as well. We have some events coming up that you'll hear about about soon with Helen. I know you've co-authored a book with Pete Evans, uh, which was a, a fantastic book called Bubby Yum Yum. And, uh, you know, we look forward to possibly having that available soon too. So thank you so much for joining us today, Helen. My, my absolute pleasure. I love getting to chat about all of these things. Ah, so. You're just amazing. <laughs> and you touch lives every single day. We're lucky to have you, um, you know, here on the planet, but lucky to have you aligned within our origin. <laughs>